You're listening to The Angry Mason, building a hot shit podcast brick by brick. I'm your hot shit host, Angry Mason Ryan, and here's my podcast partner, Angry Mason Dan. Ryan, this has to be the time. Let's tell them about the Angry Mason's origin. Dan, Dan, settle down, buddy. This is this is like a seductive dance we're doing with our audience. You don't just dive right into things. There's a little bit of, you know, foreplay, if you will, involved. I mean, we got to get the audience just really jazzed up and excited to, to hear where we come from. In fact, I want all of our listeners to have erect nipples oh. figuratively. Ah, uh, right. People's mothers listen to this podcast. Yeah, well, some people's mothers are cool. So, mm. yeah, I guess they are. How's uh, how's life in South Florida, Ryan? I sure I, I miss it down there a little bit. Oh my God, no, you don't miss this because not only is it still as hot as the underside of Satan's nutsack, where it's oh. fucking muggy and just fucking hot all day. Now we get the transients coming down here far earlier than they should be. God damn it! I can only handle the heat or the transients. I can't do both. You want road rage? Because that's how you get road rage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Simmer down. It's too early for you to be flying off the rails already. All, all right. right. Let's, all uh, right. let's not talk anymore about that. And another thing we're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about politics. That's right. And one of our listeners pointed this out. Uh, she has nothing but positive things to say. We'll call her super fan Susan. That she likes super fan it. Susan. Yeah. She likes her podcast because it's just fun, you know? I mean, Dan, what do you and I really know about escapism, right? So this is our chance to escape from everyday politics. I mean, we both have causes that we really care about and believe deeply in and have no shortage of opinions on, but you can literally go anywhere else if you want to get your fill of politics. This is true. It's true. And I'm actually quite ignorant. And I may have a a small learning disability. So. This is a way uh, uh, to get away from all that if just for 30 to 45 minutes. I think politics fill too much of our lives. So why waste our time talking about that? Let's talk about fun stuff. And what kind of fun stuff? How about those mighty Florida Gators and Dolphins? We're going to talk a little bit about those. And then we're going to talk about parkour. Really? Yeah. And then we're going to touch on our favorite Marvel TV shows. And maybe at the end, if we have a few minutes, we're going to hit a few listener topics. But first. It's time for the Wacky News. Well, Ryan, I hope you're... I I hesitate here because you're a little wound up already at the beginning. So I just want you to take a deep breath and relax before I tell you about this first story. Um, Okay, How, how bad could it be? Just relax. Don't freak out. But, uh, you know, climate change is a big deal. Most scientists agree it's happening. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's not solved or whatever. But the effects are starting to hit home because climate change is affecting the production of barley, which, of course, everyone knows is a key beer ingredient. And they're saying uh, barley yield could be dropping as much as 17% over the next few years. And that means the price of beer could more than double. Okay, you know what? I think I'm freaking out. Uh oh. No! 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 No, Deep breath. Why? Why? This is one of the few things I live for. (laughs) 
It's going to be okay. You'll still be able to get it. It's just going to be at a premium. That's all. Uh, yeah, apparently, it's so hot. Barley just doesn't deal with the heat and humidity. Oh, my God. You got to be fucking kidding me. Prices could more than double, and some are saying they could even triple uh, over the next decade. I swear to fuck. No. <laughs> it's not just beer. There's Coffee is also having problems. But uh, since I'm not a big coffee drinker, barley and uh, beer uh, hit, hits home just a little bit more. Beer has been a staple of civilization ever since the time of the Egyptians, possibly even before then. In fact, it was a common greeting back in ancient Egypt, beer and bread, or bread and beer. Yeah, one of the two. I, I don't know. I'm not fucking Egyptian. <laughs> well, you're quite knowledgeable about beer, Ryan. You're goddamn right. Well, it's not all gloom and doom. Uh, a lot of farmers are just having to uh, pick up stakes and move further north to get into cooler areas. Unfortunately, it's not that easy or cheap to do, so it's going to keep affecting the price. <sighs> Canada, you're our only hope. It's true. Yeah. Canada is the uh, sane part of the continent. So let's hope uh, Canada can save us all. Moving on. Ryan, there's a man in New York who was recently diagnosed with an extremely rare and fatal brain disorder. It was uh, crutzfield jacob disease. Uh, do you know what that is, Ryan? I happen to don't know. Well, it's actually what you get when you eat contaminated beef that has mad cow disease. Oh, he got mad cow disease from like a uh, hamburger or something? No, no, because uh, that would be a huge disaster uh, affecting our beef industry. It turns out that the man liked to hunt, and he specifically liked to uh, hunt squirrels, and then uh, he would eat entire squirrel brains. He ate squirrel brains. He ate squirrel brains and apparently ate some infected ones, and that's how he got this ultra-rare disease. Well, I mean, you know, if you eat squirrel brains, you kind of get what you get, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand what possesses you to eat a squirrel brain. I don't know if it's some sort of delicacy. Maybe how, they're good roasted with salt. I don't how know. high do you have to be? How far away does McDonald's have to be? I mean, I guess it's not in drunk driving distance. They have to hunt a squirrel and eat his fucking brains like you're some kind of squirrel zombie or some shit. Maybe he's a hermit and lived in a shack in the woods and the hills, and uh, that's all he could find to hunt with squirrels. And um, he had to eat all of it. I'm kind of hoping that's the truth and he didn't pass on his genetic material to another generation. Maybe uh, some of his family, you know, I hear those hill folk uh, inbreed a little bit. Uh, I think we had a friend of ours who was an expert on that. Yeah, we'd have to ask. Uh, let's just call him Sammy from Miami. Yeah, old Sammy from down there in Miami. Uh, he's, uh, his forebears were one of the hill people. So he maybe had to hunt for some squirrels. Maybe he could tell us. Uh, we'll have him on the show one day. He can tell us about some squirrel brain delicacies. If anyone could, it's, it's old Sammy from Miami. Uh, he's a great guy. I miss him sometimes. Well, uh, let's move on to our next story. Brian, uh, you know, I love art. Uh, we had our story about Banksy last week. Uh, and apparently the people of Savannah, Georgia, they love art too. Because uh, at the Nathaniel Green Monument in Savannah, Georgia, someone decided to put some googly eyes on, on old Nathaniel Green. You, you and I might think that's funny, but apparently the city of, of Savannah uh, thinks it's an actual crime. And they said, uh, it's not funny. This is something serious. Uh, no, it's the exact definition of funny. Googly eyes? Come on. We should be putting googly eyes on more shit. Put them on, uh, Mount Rushmore. I mean, you need some big old googly eyes, but how amazing would that be? I agree with you, but, uh, I guess a lot of people feel it's disrespectful. Nathaniel Green was a big, uh, general back in the Revolutionary War, and his remains are actually buried underneath that statue. 
well, you know, here's like a happy medium, a, a good compromise for the people who want to keep the statues up and people want to tear them down. Let's just, you know, put some googly eyes on it and laugh it out. Well, apparently a lot of people appreciated it because it went viral uh, and there's all sorts of a movement now with googly eyes appearing on statues all over the country. That is amazing. I agree. I agree. So that was a little good news for us. Uh, Here's something that might be just a little creepy. Robotics are always sort of sneaking into our daily lives, Ryan. And uh, lately an inventor has invented a new robotic finger that attaches to your phone. Really? What does it do? Well, uh, what you can do with it, uh, you could attach it to your phone and then uh, the phone could actually crawl towards you. If you get a call, someone else could use an app while they're on the phone with you to pat your arm or uh, give you a loving caress or something like that. I actually think it's pretty cool. I mean, I like robotics. I love technology. Uh, the finger's just the first, you know, maybe they'll have a hand or something later, but uh, I think it's kind of cool. How long before someone sticks it up their butt? Oh, you, uh, you just know how to ruin everything, don't you? You just, uh, you got to make everything gross. Kind of what I do. Yeah. Kind of what well, I do. Yeah. You've, you've, uh, you've kind of ruined that for me. So. Uh, let's let's go ahead and, and move on. That's right. It's time to talk about football again. And of course, we're going to have to start off by talking about the mighty Florida Gators. How about them Gators? That's right. The Gators triumphed uh, against Vanderbilt this weekend, uh, and uh, that's that's putting a little string together there. At, even after falling behind early, came back in the second half and uh, really took it to those uh, Vanderbilt Commodores. Yeah, they were down twenty-one-three at one point, and you know, every season before this, up until back when Meyer left, they were down twenty-one-three. They're losing that game. Yeah, you know, last year's team would have given up by halftime. Oh yeah. But Dan Mullen, he's got him feisty. In fact, uh, he got a little feisty with the Vandy head coach. Uh, Florida linebacker James Houston was ejected for targeting after he uh, laid a vicious hit on Vanderbilt's uh, Oda Ingbo, I think was his name, uh, near the sideline. So, of course, the uh, Vanderbilt coach comes running out onto the field to check on his player. But then he had exchanged some choice words with Dan Mullen, uh, and the two had to be separated by the refs. So it was kind of quite a brouhaha that ended in a uh, bench-clearing brawl between the two teams. You know, I think Dan Mullen is great. He's an awesome head coach. But I got to tell you, I personally would not fuck with someone who wears their polo shirts buttoned all the way up like he does. Because there's he's holding something back. There's something twisted back there that he could just unleash at any time. And I don't want to be in the firing line. That's a good psychology tip. The guy does look like he's, uh, you know, maybe he's got a lid on uh, some intense pe- feelings there. You don't want him to unleash that on old Mullen and uh, and take him out. Like, I think he has to maybe count to 10 and stamp his foot twice before he opens the door. I don't know. Uh, speculation on my part, but I'm not yeah. going to fuck with Dan Mullen. Well, you don't know anything about rage issues, do you, Ryan? No. Why, why would you even say that? No, I was just, I was, I was just curious. But good news, the SEC will not hand out punishment for that confrontation, it doesn't appear anyone's going to be fined. Uh, there's not going to be any sort of ramifications. It's all water under the bridge. That's right. And you know what? The rest of the SEC has a break this week because Gators happen to be on a bye. We don't have to go anywhere and kick someone in the dick. So uh, watch out, Georgia. We're coming for you. Not that way, but you know. 
Oh, that's, you know, phrasing. It's just phrasing. Yeah. So uh, Georgia, Georgia's looking pretty good, although they took a loss to LSU. Uh, how big is the hype going into that game, Florida, Florida, Georgia? Really, it's for not all the marbles, but it's really to stay competitive in the SEC East right now. There's at least a three-way tie with uh, Georgia, Kentucky, and Florida. So if we want to do anything, we have to win this uh, this Georgia game. I have a lot of faith in these Dan Mullen-led Gators, and uh, they've they've sort of proven to me that they've they've got the character, the spirit needed to win a game and, and come through in adversity. And they're, they're not the only team in Florida this week that came through at the last minute and uh, survived some adversity. The Miami Dolphins defeated the uh, second-ranked defense Chicago Bears this weekend in overtime. Wild game. When I saw Kenyon Drake fumble going into the end zone in overtime, I was like, oh, yeah. what an asshole. Yeah, I think every Dolphins fan just sort of threw up their hands at that point and went, oh, that's just typical way to snatch uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. But he had a chance to redeem himself because the uh, Bears kicker, who happens to be from our hometown of Jupiter, Florida, shanked it. That's right, Ryan. Not only is he from Jupiter, but he was on the Miami Dolphins last year. So uh, maybe that's why he's not anymore. But uh, I've got a few interesting stats for you for that game because uh, we haven't seen any Dolphins offense like that in quite some time. No, we haven't. Not without number 13 at the helm. And that was quite a while ago. So listen to this. Kiko Alonso, the much maligned Kiko Alonso, uh, leads the team with 61 tackles now. So that guy is just a, a tackling machine. He's like Bobby Boucher back there. He's a man, a man named Kiko. Now, if he was just as good at, at pass coverage as he is at at run stopping, you know, he would be one of the best linebackers in the league. But uh, here's another one that jumps out at you. For the first time in 27 years, the Dolphins had a 300-yard passer, 100-yard rusher, and a 100-yard receiver in the same game. And who would have thought that passer would have been Brock Osweiler? Yeah, the fans are dubbing it Brocktober as Brock took over and uh, stepped up there for an injured Ryan Tannehill and really did uh, a a pretty good job. But I think what he needs to do is uh, send a gift over to Albert Wilson. Because uh, before the game on Sunday, Ryan, it had been more than 24 years since a Dolphins player had at least 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns in a game. The last one was Irving Fryer back in 1994. 1994. Jeez, I, I think I actually remember seeing that game. I think I do too. And that was Dan Marino that day. They won a game against the Patriots, 39 to 35. So uh, this Wilson guy, we picked him up from Kansas City, sort of wanted him to fill the void when Landry left and headed off to the Browns. I think he has done that. What do you think? Who knew a fun-sized receiver like Albert Wilson would end up leading the NFL in yak yardage? That's right. He had a 75-yard touchdown and 155 yards. 138 of them were yards after the catch. So that is impressive. The team has a lot of speed, and we put him with the other fun size receiver, Grant. Uh, it could be some of the fastest receivers in the league. You know, the Dolphins went from having, like, no speed whatsoever to nothing but speed. And do you think if we still had Landry, Landry would have 155 yards in that game? No, no, I don't think so. I think that move is working out best for, for both teams. I have to admit, you and I had our doubts when we heard about Wilson. Uh, the only good thing anyone said about him, he was fast. But Kansas City let him go in an effort, unbelievably, to become even faster. They brought in a receiver from the Bills who has a faster 40 time 
but I don't know that he is as dynamic or makes plays like Wilson. No, he's a shifty little dude. They couldn't get their hands on him. I was impressed. So the question is, uh, this week, Ryan Tannehill, still injured. He's not going to be starting. They're going to go ahead and put Osweiler back out there. Do you think uh, maybe they're giving Tannehill a little more time because of Osweiler's success on that last game? I don't know. When I watch Tannehill play, I think, wow, his wife is cute and has big teeth. Hmm. Big, big teeth. Yeah. yeah. So that means you don't think too much about his uh, quarterback play. Big teeth. That's all I think. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't we move on to this week's predictions? Lions at Dolphins. I'm feeling good about the Mighty Dolphins right now, even in the midst of Brocktober. So I think at home, the Dolphins continue their undefeated home streak and they take out and defeat the Detroit Lions. I predict that Brock Eisweiler will remember who he actually is and throws four interceptions. God, I hope not. But that does seem quite likely. Yeah. Next up, Bengals at Chiefs. Ah, Cincinnati. Well... I can't help but thinking the Chiefs feel a little cheated after that game with the Patriots. You know, the one where the refs decided the Patriots committed no fouls in the entire game, despite a lot of shots online of them holding downfield. I think the Chiefs are bitter, and they're going to take it out on the Bengals. Bengals are going to drop a couple in a row. Chiefs over Bengals. I predict the Bengals will be startled by a sudden loud noise and then bite the neck of an effeminate German magician. <laughs> Ryan, you... uh. You know these are football players, not actual Tigers. That's my prediction. I stand by it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Could happen. Could happen. Next up, Browns at Buccaneers. Uh, this is a real tough one. Uh, you've got two teams who are notorious for being inconsistent and often in the cellar. So Browns at Bucks. I think the Browns might finally have reached that point of the season where they realize they're the Cleveland Browns. I think they're going to go on quite a streak now, a losing streak, and the Bucks are going to win. I predict that Baker Mayfield will visit a Tampa strip club and then be unable to play the next game due to a severe case of herpes. Oh, that uh, that escalates quickly. All knobby. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Next up, Texans at Jaguars. Ryan, what has happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars the last couple of weeks? Dan, I don't know. They are just not what we thought they were last year. They start off so well, they dominated the Patriots, which made me so happy as a as a true Miami Dolphins fan. And the last couple of weeks, you know what's been wrong? Blake Bortles. You know, if you got points for talking shit, Jalen Ramsey would have them in the playoffs already. Yeah, they would already be Super Bowl champs. So Texans at Jaguars, uh, neither one of them doing so hot right now. I think they're both three and three. Uh, I think this week at home, the Jaguars find their identity again as a dominating defensive powerhouse. They shut down the Texans. They shut down Deshaun Watson. Jaguars win at home. I predict that the Jaguars' defense, much like this prognostication bit I'm doing, is going to wear real thin by the playoffs, if not much sooner. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did around the second week that we did it. Yeah, You know. Well, anyway, let's just go ahead and move on. Yes, let's. Ryan, it's time to talk about Parkour. Extreme! Parkour! Parkour! This is parkour. Parkour. Ryan, what do you know about parkour? Man, I don't fucking know parkour. Yeah, you know what uh, 
actually looks like really tiring. Like I'd be out of breath really fast. So I don't, I don't really know anything about parkour either. All right, moving on. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Marvel. We love our Marvel superheroes, uh, both in the MCU and on TV. So let's talk a little bit about the best Marvel superhero shows. So uh, I'll go ahead and and, and start here. Uh, I'll give you my top three shows, uh, and then you can give me the top three shows. How's that sound, Ryan? Uh, That sounds uh, derivative, like uh, people have done that before, but I'm game. Let's do it. We haven't done it before, and we're the only opinions that count. There's no goddamn rules. No rules. Still not wearing pants. My number three... Favorite Marvel TV show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, that's a good pick. Why? Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you have your problems with it sometimes, Ryan. And it did start off a little slow in that first season. But in the second season, and really at the end of the first season, back when Winter Soldier came out, the show really kicked into gear. Uh, Everything turns around, and ever since then, the show's been pretty good. Fair enough. Yeah. What's your number three? My number three, I would have to go with, it'd probably be Jessica Jones. And is oh. mostly because I think uh, the, the writing for the first season was, was very good. Uh, and Kristen Ritter, I wish she would have my love child, but she never responds to my tweets or anything. So, mm. Yeah, <sighs> you've uh, you got to really work on these stalker tendencies, right? I, I'm so not a stalker. No, definitely not. Definitely not a stalker. Whoever's no. listening. Mm-mm. So uh, moving on to our number two show, my number two for me, uh, something real creative lately, uh, the FX series Legion. You see, uh, I'm saving that for my number one, but I guess we're going to go out of order. So fuck me, right? But all right. That's right. I think Legion is one of the most amazing things on TV in general right now. Forget superhero genre. If you didn't know any better, you didn't even know you're watching a, a superhero show that is based off a Marvel comic. The... Actors are great. The uh, writing is superb. Uh, they keep you guessing. Sometimes you don't know what the hell's going on until, you know, a couple of episodes later. And don't even get me started on Aubrey Plaza, who I happen to don't stalk either. She's definitely not on your list. And I have to admit, she's pretty good in this role. I love the first season of Legion. I think it's probably one of the best superhero television first seasons ever. I think it maybe lost its way just a little bit in the second season, but even then, I think it's superior to just about every other comic book show. Uh, what do you have for your number two, Ryan? Uh, for my number two, I would probably say Daredevil. Uh, exactly, yeah, and yeah. that's my number one. Oh, there you go. Uh, I think the action sequences are well done. Um, I like the angst to it, and uh, you know, of all the defenders. He was the only one without really superpowers. I mean, he could like, you know, has his sonic visualization or whatever. Fine. But yeah, he's actually has a, what other people would term a disability and still is able to go out there and kick some ass. I loved the action from the first season of Daredevil. Uh, That hallway scene, uh, sort of like one shot uh, probably around the middle of the season has set the bar that well, the rest of the Netflix series just haven't been able to live up to. 
So clearly, I think Dare, Daredevil to me is is just a little better than Legion because I really enjoy those breakneck action scenes. But I totally get you putting Legion first uh, because of its you know real creativity. Yeah, it's just out there, man. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch. I mean, unless you're a basic bitch, then don't watch because you won't fucking get it. You're just that's right. Yeah, uh, Agents of Shield, I believe, is uh, ABC. Legion's on FX. Daredevil's one of the Netflix series. Uh, and speaking of Netflix series, there's been some news uh, regarding those Netflix Marvel series, Ryan. Yep. Iron Fist is not going to be renewed, which, you know, it doesn't break my heart. In fact, uh, the last season of Iron Fist was only 10 episodes where I think the others were like, what, 13? And it's just because they don't really know how to tell that story with the budget that they have. If they showed him fighting an actual dragon... Well, fucking sign me up, man. I want to see that shit, but but no. Yeah, they allude to a lot in the show, but they rarely show anything. And that first season particularly felt rushed. The choreography was poor. Uh, the characters were not interesting. It was a huge disappointment. And it was clearly the weakest effort that we've seen on Netflix. So do you think that's the last we see of Danny Rand? Is Do they write him out? Oh, or no. do you think they join him in on uh, Luke Cage or something? I think that they'll do another Defenders type show, which Defenders just barely missed my top three. Um, but yeah. they're going to have him in a Heroes for Hire or some kind of other collaborative uh, series. I agree. I think really what they're telling us here is not that they're giving up on Iron Fist, but that he's just not strong enough to carry his own show. So at this point, and, and I think one of the highlights of the last season of Luke Cage was when Danny Rand shows up for an episode and hangs with him. I would like to see that more uh, and see them in some more fights together. I think the banter that they have was, was pretty good. Yeah, let's be honest. That was the highlight of that uh, second season of Luke Cage. Luke Cage is a little slow. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they just roll uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist all into uh, perhaps one one series instead of three. I would miss my Jessica Jones, but uh, yeah, I'd be okay with it. I think that, uh, I mean, of course, I have nothing to back this up with, but I would feel like Jessica Jones has uh, better ratings than anything except for Daredevil. Yeah, I I'm sure Netflix keeps track of that kind of thing. And uh, They're uh, notoriously secretive about it, Ryan. They don't tell anyone. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe we'll have an episode where we just talk about the Netflix shows we like and which ones we think are pure shit. There is quite about a bit of content on Netflix and there's a lot of things I like and there's a lot of stuff that is just complete trash. So I think we could fill up a couple episodes just talking right. about that. Another Marvel show that you and I have been watching lately is The Gifted, right, Ryan? That is correct, where uh, I guess everyone's secondary mutation power is that they're all hot. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I could tell that they go to the CW casting agents uh, for some of those characters. I have to say their first season was was okay and i felt like it had room to improve but so far the second season has been a pretty big disappointment for me the thing about the gifted is we've already kind of seen this particular drama play out when heroes was on back in the day which started out amazing and then turned to crap in the second season but you know this show has a shelf life you know because we know that fox and disney's they're going to merge, and uh, is Disney want to, going to want to keep this show around? I don't think they will. So 
it's kind of like, just get on with it. We know that the dad is going to end up having mutant powers, whatever. Fine. Just fucking get it over with. Make it entertaining. Do what you My can problem, with the time that you they have. Just, they make so much drama over things that there is no drama about. They spent an entire episode preparing for the birth of a baby, uh, and the mother has a violent power, so they, they go through all this crap and build her special cage and everything, and I kept thinking, why don't you just drug her? How about a C-section? Like, there's a thousand other things to do. Uh, this just doesn't make any sense, and I think it just doesn't have any direction. And you mentioned Heroes before. I know you're a huge fan of that first season, but I have to tell you, the end of that season, Ryan, do you remember how it ended? Yeah, they had like some kind of bullshit fight in the sewer or something. I don't know. It was just it was garbage. The whole season, they they uh, they built to that fight between Peter and Siler, anyone who remembers that show. And uh, all season long, it's all you could anticipate was what's going to happen when these two powerful guys with these powers meet and fight. And when they finally get to that ultimate episode, the entire fight takes place behind a partially closed door. We don't even see it. All we hear is some sounds of fighting and some flashing lights. So uh, that is an example of no budget for you. Yeah. Fuck you, NBC. Yeah, pretty much. And then they tried to bring it back at one point. Remember that? Oh, God. I, I was able to get through like two episodes when I was like, done. It, done. it was terrible. It was terrible. It made Iron Fist to look like uh, Oscar material. It really did. It was just not good. So, uh, you know, so those are some of the great uh, Marvel series and, uh, you know, Heroes was back on NBC. But what about the DC universe, Ryan? There's uh, some pretty good DC television shows out there. Uh, Arrow has uh, always been one of my favorites. Uh, Stephen Amell there plays Green Arrow. And that one started off real dark and he was murdering a lot of people. Um, fortunately, it's kind of lost its way recently, heading into some more melodrama kind of crap. Uh, how do you feel about Arrow, Ryan? Country fried steak and eggs. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, uh, what about Flash? Uh, that one's really good. Again, I loved the first season. Uh, they had a real great mystery there and a big surprise twist at the end. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Grant Gustin. I think he does a pretty darn good job as the flash. I kind of would like to send, see him take that role in, uh, the film versions too. But, uh, again, recently, uh, it's just become a little bit more melodrama as it seems like the budget's been cut, less special effects, uh, more talky talky. What do you think about the flash, Ryan? Double berry banana pancake breakfast. Okay. All right. Well, uh, uh, another CW show they've got is uh, Supergirl. And I think that was on one of the network shows uh, for a season and then ended up moving on to the CW where, of course, its budget got slashed. Uh, let's face it, Supergirl, it's just not good. Uh, Supergirl is nice to look at. She's a very attractive young lady, but uh, show's not so not so great. What do you think, Ryan? Moon's over my hammy. <sighs> okay. Well, Ryan, what what does that mean? Uh, you just keep saying breakfast foods every time I say a, a DC TV name. What's that about? Uh, those are all items from the Denny's breakfast menu. Oh. All of those items I prefer to those DC shows. And you know what? I hate Denny's breakfast. That's just, I don't understand what your hate is, Ryan. Do you have some kind of vendetta against DC like in their TV shows? What's your problem? Well, you know, Dan... I actually had some thoughts on that. Oh, man. You gotta be fucking kidding me. You gotta be fucking kidding me. DC Comics. What does the D stand for? Drizzling shits? 
I guess that would make the C stand for can't even comprehend why your execution and ideas are so, so fucking awful. Sure, you have some of the most recognizable characters in the zeitgeist. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern. I'll grant you those characters are well-known and beloved by many. And then it just goes right off the fucking rails, doesn't it? For every iconic hero you have, there are five times as many shitty characters like Color Kid, Matter Eater Lad, Bouncing Boy, and fucking Armfall Off Boy. That's an actual character. His name is Armfall Off Boy, and his arms fall off and he beats people with them. Jesus balls, that's strange. The only thing worse than your group of absurd heroes are your shit-ass villains. Okay, the Joker is iconic, and Poison Ivy is sexy as hell. Uh, I mean, if you're into that kind of thing. <clears throat> but then you have Lex Luthor, a rich xenophobe. Gosh, you don't see that every day, huh? And then you have the likes of Sportsmaster, who's like really good at sports, but doesn't join any professional sports league and makes millions of dollars. No, he just fucks around with some penny any bullshit crimes. Then there's Prankster, because I guess the Joker and the Riddler needed some competition from a lame, skinny, fat guy with a child molester mustache. Clock King. His superpower is really good timing. Really? Maybe it's time to shut his bullshit down for good. And you also gave us Kite Man, whose name is actually Charlie Brown, for fuck's sake. And he knocked out Batman with a fucking kite? Fuck me gently in my man tits. That's just the print medium. The DC TV shows are just comically atrocious, all except the original Wonder Woman. Linda Carter made a lot of young boys turn into men right quick, but I digress. Every episode of every DC show looks like it has a budget well within the dozens of dollars. Now, there are some people who are like, well, what about the animated movies? <laughs> okay, okay. I used to think that the animated movies were the bee's knees until I watched a few of them consecutively. And then I found the inevitable problem. All of the antagonists in those movies are just alternate versions of the heroes. But when your villains are Kite Man quality, I guess it's time for Evil Batman or uh, Owl Man again. And then there's live action movies. What can I say about the live action movies that hasn't already been said about Ebola? I think I started bleeding from the eyes just from the Aquaman trailer. So now DC is trying to get edgier. How do they do that? By showing us Batman's penis. The Bat-Dong. The bat wang if you will. There are confused young people still trying to wrap their lips, uh, I mean, minds around this turn of events. But I guess if Bat-Peen doesn't sell comic books, you can always reboot your comics continuity again. I think the tenth time you reset your universe, you get a free sandwich out of the deal. Come on, DC. Your fans and characters deserve a lot better than this shit sandwich you're trying to serve up. And until you change your ways, make mine marvel. And that's a brick of truth to your face, courtesy of the Angry Masons. Oh, Dan. Oh, man. Let's uh, let's calm down a little bit. You're getting a little, little too worked up there. Let's move on to uh, our listener topics. Our first, hey, uh, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you know where I can get an ar- arm fall off boy action figure? Uh, I think if you dig around in your ass long enough, you can find something like that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. Okay. <laughs> now is when we're going to do our listener topics. Uh, these are topics that were sent in to us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash angry masons. If you haven't heard, 
the first one is from our super fan Susan, who wants would like us to discuss cats or dogs, indoors or outdoors. So Dan, what's your uh, what's your opinion there? Well, first off, I want to say hi, Susan. You know, thanks for being a supporter. Uh, and I want to say I feel very passionately about this subject. Clearly, cats are meant to be indoors. They should not be outdoors. They are fragile creatures. They belong indoors. They belong being pampered. Dan, cats have millions of years of evolution of becoming the apex predator of of their species. Good Lord. Don't you know there are coyotes out there? There are giant dogs that could eat cats. My cats are pampered, fluffy, and fat the way they should be. And they're fragile. No way. Indoors for cats. Never let your cat outdoor. My God, what kind of person are you if you put your poor cat outside? Well, you know what? I'll cuddle with a cat, but it can shit outside. Now, as far as dogs, I'm not really a dog person. Actually, I'm the kind of person that doesn't want any kind of living thing to have to depend on me. Mm. Yeah, so, that's for the best. Yeah. yeah. My thought is, if you are going to have a dog, have space enough for the dog. Like, don't have a, a pit bull and then keep them in a one-bedroom apartment. That's how toddlers get eaten. You definitely don't need a big dog in a small apartment. Really, dogs, uh, anything over a medium-sized dog needs a yard to run around in. I mean, I guess it's cool if you've got one of those little dogs that fits in your, you know, in your purse or something, in your in your satchel. I, I wouldn't know. I don't have a purse or satchel, so. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll either, defer but, to your exp- expertise there. Well, I mean, I, I don't have dogs because clearly cats are superior. So uh, I just have cats and they, they stay indoors. Dogs, uh, dogs drool. They stay outside. And you can direct your, all your dog lovers can direct your hate mail to uh, Dan on facebook.com slash angrymasons. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or you can send it to our email address, angrymasons at catlover.com. Oh, God, catlover. God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All Got right. any other listener topics for us, Ryan? We do. We do. Our, uh, our other super fan, Jay, uh, he posted to our Facebook page. And you really have to, this is a visual thing. Go onto our page. Look at it. You'll get the visual reference and be like, "Oh, that's what they're talking about." But yeah, we'll put that photo in the comments for everybody, so uh, you can you can find it right under where you're playing the show. Yeah, he wanted us to uh, compare and contrast the appearance of uh, singer for um, Guns N' Roses, Axl Rose, to the actress who played Mama from Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> you know what? And uh, that sounds ridiculous, but when you look at the photo, uh, I got to give it to you, Jay. Uh, spitting image, really. Uh, I think he's preparing for a, a you know a role there or something. Well, you know, time, gravity, and alcohol make fools of us all. Yeah, especially Axl Rose. Yeah, who? Let's face it. I mean, he's kind of Guns N' Roses were always that band that I never expected to see outside of a, a county fair. Axl Rose nowadays uh, looking like Throw Mama from the Train. I think maybe his rock and roll days are over. But uh, then again, you could be a rock star and be ass ugly. Yeah, he ain't getting with Stephanie Seymour looking like that. I'll tell you that much. No, he's, uh, he's far from that November rain. So you can check out that photo and uh, also links to all of our news stories today on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash angrymasons. Uh, don't forget, you can always listen to us on SoundCloud as well, soundcloud.com slash angrymasons. Uh, I mentioned our email address, angrymasons at catlover.com. Nothing about dogs there. And you can find us on Twitter at Angry Masons. And don't forget, we're on Spotify and TuneIn Radio. You can catch us there every week.
Well, Dan, I think that was one of our better shows. So uh, what do you say, bud? Time to ride like the wind? I think they can't get much worse, so we better quit while we're on top, buddy.